Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,871. This week, we are celebrating the Quail, a motorsports gathering that takes place Friday, August 13th at the Quail Lodge and Golf Course in Carmel Valley, California. To learn more, go to Peninsula.com. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in beautiful Marina Del Rey by the Pacific Ocean with a very special returning guest by the name of Jacob Greeson. Hey, Jacob, welcome back to Cars. Yeah, do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I sure am, Mark. Thank you for having me again. Well, good to have you back. You know, I was looking back, and you were on, uh, when I was doing the Buy, Sell, Hole podcast with Keith Martin, you were our guest then, but then I looked way back. You were guest number 552 back in July of 2016. Here we are, August of uh, 2021, and you're guest number 1871. So, I've talked to a lot of people since you were last year, but one thing I didn't ask you last time, before I give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Jacob? I would say most people don't know that I am very much a big Elvis fan. I collect some of the memorabilia, and um, Elvis Presley has a very special place in my heart. I put on one of his songs, and it can put me in a totally different mood. So uh, I don't think most people know that. Well, as Elvis would say, thank you. Thank you very much for sharing that. So uh, (laughs) that's my best Elvis impression. I wish I could sing and dance like that guy. Maybe I'd be a little more famous, right? He had talent that, you know, he could play a few chords on a guitar, but that's kind of where it ended. But his charisma and his personality, you know, he, he I don't oh, know, yeah. he, and he could certainly sing. He was a showman. I mean, an amazing showman. And it's funny you mentioned Elvis. I didn't know that about you. So that's pretty cool. Is uh, I go back and look at some of the YouTube videos of him and the last part of his career. And the guy, yes. the guy just had it. Isn't it amazing, right? Isn't amazing? Even when he was having, you know, challenges with drugs and weight and all the stuff that he was dealing with, he still had it. I mean, he could just light up a crowd. Hey, amazing, amazing guy. We just lost him way too soon. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah, true. cool. My mom's a huge Elvis fan uh, growing up in uh, West Memphis, uh, Arkansas, and uh, she loved oh, cool. Elvis. Yeah, yeah. So very cool. Well, let me give you a proper introduction. We're going to dive into or shake our hips into, if you listeners can envision that, maybe you don't want to, a uh, little Elvis shake here. Jacob Greeson is the Bonham's vice president, head of their U.S. motoring and a collector's motor car specialist. Bonham's is a British auction house that was founded way back in 1793. It's one of the world's oldest and largest auctioneers known internationally for fine art, antiques, jewelry, automobilia, motorcycles, and of course, what we love here, fine motor cars. The auctions are held in conjunction with some of the most renowned global motoring events, including the Quail, which we'll be talking about today, Goodwood Revival, and many others. So Jacob gets to go to some interesting places. Jacob holds memberships in numerous motoring clubs, and he's an avid enthusiast and collector of motor cars and motorcycles. Bottoms will be back again this year at the Quail, a motor sports gathering. We'll be back in just a minute, but first a word from our sponsors. So sit tight, keep your seatbelts on, think a little Elvis music, and we'll be right back. 
Summer's here, thank goodness, and that means long, hot days. Covercraft's UVS custom sunscreens are quality-made and are incredibly fast and easy to use. Your UVS sunscreen is custom-tailored for your vehicle, and the accordion design ensures easy storage. Not only do they protect your dash and interior for maximum protection while parking in the sun, sunscreens keep your vehicle's interior significantly cooler. They're durable and dependable for years of use. I have one for all my vehicles and I use them every time I park my car when I'm not going to put the cover on. You can choose from a variety of colors including the original, their Premier Series and Carhartt designs. Your sunscreen is manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. And they make really great gifts too. Get your summer deal today if you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com. You'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off compliments of cars, yeah. Simply use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Get your own custom sunscreen today. Last year, I changed my collector car coverage to American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my Orange Crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. So Jacob, we're back. So let's dive a little deeper into the corner and I'd love for you to talk just a little bit more for listeners that maybe missed our talk back when about Bonhams, what Bonhams is all about. And then let's talk about the Quail, because this is an event you guys have been to many years. And uh, it's such a cool event. But the fact that you guys are there, you're part of it, and you're bringing cars is pretty darn special. So grab the wheel, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, this is our 24th year at the um at the Quail or there in Carmel Valley in beautiful Carmel. You know what's funny, Mark? What's funny, Mark? I've actually never been to the Quail Concours myself. What? Um, I, must have, <laughs> I must have given out hundreds of tickets, <laughs> but yeah. I have never gone myself. Wow. You know, we're always busy on that day with, with the auction, of course, but we are, um, we're right adjacent to the, to the Quail. Um, our 24th year, as I said, we have a great lineup of cars, 139 cars total, which will all be sold Friday the 13th, um, starting in the morning with, with a nice brunch, getting everybody um, in the mood to buy some cars. Um, of course, we have our preview starting Wednesday morning already. Um, but, you know, we'll be, we'll be up there for 
a good week and a half. We we travel up and, and, you know, get all the cars lined up and all of that. Yeah. Some of the highlights this year, there's really quite a lot of, you know, quite a lot of really great cars. But we were entrusted with Judge DiLoretto's collection. He was an, an avid collector and, and uh, vintage racing driver from Southern California. We were selling his collection. One of the, the highlight cars in his collection is an Alfa Romeo Tipo 33, which he bought right from Auto Delta, right from the the works team in 1980. Oh my gosh. So, wow. You know, many race cars have sort of a checkered past. This car is pure as driven snow, as we would say, and the documentation is just impeccable. We have letters right from uh, the team manager at Auto Delta, right, right to Jeff Silhouette. When he bought it, he, he signed off that he couldn't sell it for the first 10 years. Of course, that's more than 40 years ago now, so yeah. we're free and clear to sell it on to, um, to the next custodian. Another great car is the early S-type Mercedes we have. You know, in the late 20s, early early 30s, well well into the 30s, Mercedes-Benz was really making some very special cars. This is a beautiful supercharged uh, Tourer, also with great provenance. This car has been in um, the consigner's family for 57 years. You know, for me personally, and, and I know my colleagues, other specialists, I mean, when we can offer something that hasn't been to market, for decades, you know, something that, that has been cherished by a collector for so many years and, and be the ones to bring it out, to market it, you know, really do the research and all of that, that that's probably the most exciting cars for us to sell. We, we're so honored to be entrusted with these cars from such long homes. And I mean, I have a car, I have it owned for, for just 25 years. And, you know, if I was ever selling that, <laughs> I, I, that would be a tough, a very tough decision. Another car, sort of that, you know, they're out there. It's a 7327 RS. They made about 1500. Right. But this car we're selling, we're selling for the guy who bought it brand new. Oh my gosh. Wow. He ordered it brand new at Porsche in Johannesburg. He was from South Africa. It's the only 27 RS that came into, um, South Africa. Therefore, it's, it's a right hand drive car. And they only made a hundred of, of these in, in a right hand drive configuration. So he flew to Sofenhausen and took delivery in 73, shipped the car to Johannesburg, and he then migrated to America in the early 80s. Couldn't import it just yet. You know, in the 80s, they didn't want Euro market oh, cars. that's right. The, old, the gray market car syndrome. Yeah. That's correct. So he left it behind with some family friends who took really good care of it. And um, about 25 years ago, he brought it back and, and shipped it back to the U.S. and uh, the great thing about it, it is very, very original, which is something you want in a car like that. You know, you don't want cars that have had accidents or engines replaced and things like that. This car has the original interior, you know, all your gauges, you know, all the components are, are still the same. It had one light respray of the exterior body panels, otherwise it's original. So, you know, that, that's another really, really exciting car. Another great car is the Figonia Falashi Talbo Lago, which we've been entrusted with from a Swiss client. Wow. I believe they made two in this body style. 1948. This car basically went right to the Concorde de Lance when it was brand new. In 1948 and 1949, it went to the Parisian or the Deauville right on the northern coast of France. They had Concorde Elegance back then. That, that, that's where it all started, actually. You know, Pebble Beach came um, not long after that, mm -hmm. but uh, these were the first shows. This car was there 
as it was brand new. So it's basically been a my gosh, very a, sh- a long time show car. Encore <laughs> car, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, um, it's fascinating. Yeah, we have a great TT40. The list goes on, and I uh, I hope people will come out. I'm confident they'll come out and uh, see what we have and um, and all of that. I'm amazed when you said 24 years. I went what, and then I went back and went, oh, that's right. I mean, I was I was at the first quail. Because I've been going to Car Week for 30 years in a row. Last year, notwithstanding, man, feeling it's starting to feel old here. It's incredible that you guys have been there for that long. It just doesn't seem like it. But then again, you're such a mainstay part of that spectacular event. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. I wanted to talk about, I mean, aside from the incredible cars, and you listeners can go to the Bonhams website. You can see spectacular cars that are going to be available. I mean, you guys you guys get the best of the best. It's just absolutely amazing. I wanted you to talk a little bit, though, about the last 18 months of the 800-pound gorilla in the corner that's been stomping on our faces called the pandemic and, and how that's affected the current market because the the collector car market seems to have only had a short little wobble at the beginning of the pandemic and then it just took off and people are buying cars i don't know if it's a matter of moving assets from one place to another or it's just us car fanatics will always love cars no matter what's going on in the world how have you at bonham seen the current state of the collector car market so i see the market as very robust and very stable when the pandemic hit it wasn't like collectors enthusiasts forgot about their passion for old cars, I actually think it probably grew stronger for many. You know, they really had time to sit at home and, you know, think more about their hobby, which for many is collector cars. The market held really strong throughout the pandemic. There were less transactions, of course. But in the last six months, we have seen a very positive sort of upward swing. Um, Our Amelia Island auction, many cars went well into and above the estimates and that actually goes for cars from all different different genres you know sometimes we talk about sort of a generational movement and that the early cars you know pre-war even cars from the teens aren't as exciting anymore as collectible you know one of our um most valuable cars sold was a 1913 Mercer, which we sold for over $2 million. So Amazing. Um, wow. The market is, is very good. It really is. It's strong. It's on an upward cycle. I certainly I certainly believe so, and I see it. The other thing is, it's, sort of been, it's been a while since the market really peaked. You know, in 2013, 2014, that was the last sort of peak of the market. Mm-hmm. Um, what we saw in, in the next... 2015, 2016, 2017 was a softer market. There wasn't as much, you know, there weren't as many big cars sold. And, you know, the more common cars like a 300 SL, you know, sure, they're they're very rare, but in the collector car world, they actually made over 3,000 roasters and going. So, and they were all trading, you know, a million five and more. At the peak, they certainly softened a bit, and they, they came back 25 30 35%. Mm-hmm. But they kind of stopped there, and they didn't really go below sort of million-dollar mark. And I think that's a sign of you know just how many enthusiasts enjoy these cars and, and look at each other and say, you know what? A 300 sale should be worth a million bucks because, you know, you buy a brand-new Mercedes, the fastest and the most exclusive model, which would sort of compared to what they built with a 300L, it's worth half a million bucks. So the old one should be worth at least two or three times more. I think that that's a very simple sort of yeah, calculation. analysis that I, yeah, that I sometimes do in my head. You know, it's like, 
you know what? It, it, it really can't be worth less because look at how much an exclusive new car is worth. Right. That is not collectible. So, yeah, my, you know, it, it's been about six years since the market peaked. And fine, we all, we all love cars and we want it to be just driven by enthusiasts. But for really the market to move, you do need, you know, more money coming in and you need, you need more sort of investment thought process to drive it up. That's what happens, whether we like it or not. When something has been sort of flat for six years, I am sure there are many people that, you know, sit in stocks and real estate and things and say, you know what, uh, this has been a while and the bottom hasn't fallen out. This could probably have another upwards run. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I think that we, um, we are in for, uh, for a good next sort of two, three, four years. I think so. Yeah, it sure feels like that. How would you advise somebody who's somewhat new? Because we've got this whole next generation coming in behind us that they're starting to make money. Some people are making lots of money and this, let's say in the tech world or uh, people that are maybe 20 years behind me or 25 or 30 and they've sold maybe a business. They've been very fortunate and they want to get into collectible cars what would be your best advice for somebody that's going to a Bonhams auction or is out there in the market looking for vehicles? Because you guys not only sell at your auctions, but you also help manage people's sales otherwise, correct? We, we do, absolutely. I mean, my advice would be, and there's sort of two ways to look at it. You buy totally with your heart or you t- buy totally with, with, your, with, your, you know, with your head. I mean, if you buy, you know, you should buy what you love and what you like. But if, if you love a bad car that, that had a horrible accident and has an unmatching engine, but you like it for some reason, you know, if you buy that, it's probably not the best investment. The best investment, in my opinion, is always buying the best of the best. It's called a collector car for that very reason, because it's collectible. So you should buy the icons of sort of every decade. Great Duesenbergs, they will always be good. Great Alfa Romeos, Goldwing 300L. The cars that really made their mark on their specific era and then buy sort of the best example, you know, matching engine, either all original or, or restored by a reputable restorer. That to me, and, and I think if you look at it historically, that will always be, be the best cars. You know, you buy a 30s Bugatti or Bentley differently than you buy a 1990s 993 Porsche. You know, some of the 1990s Porsches have become very collectible. Yes, yeah. You know, and sometimes we have people that are used to buying those coming to look at a car, a Duesenberg or something from the 30s, and they go, oh my God, I can't buy this car because the fenders were replaced in, nine, in the 40s. So you, you can't, you, you can't, can't buy compare those the different cars genres. No, <laughs> different things. Yeah, apples and oranges. Yeah, and on, an, on a car from the 90s, yeah, you definitely want original paint. You, you don't want it to have been touched because you also don't want to restore a car like that. Mm-hmm. But a car from the 20s or, or 30s, of course, there has been things going on. And same if you buy a race car, of course, if it, if it won races, it mostly has some scars. So at the end of the day, I would say always consult with a specialist of the certain brand. You know, I mean, we know as car specialists, we know a little bit about everything. And I feel like we can, we can navigate. And we know what to look for when we consign a car and all of that. But oftentimes, our best sort of help is really the, the mark specialist that, right. that just have done nothing else but but study these this certain model or certain brand of car. Find an expert who can help you. And, you know, the folks at Bonhams, they know these guys and they can direct you to the right people. 
as well, which exactly. is, is wonderful. We're going to take a short break. We come back. I want to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that the pandemic has put on auction houses, how you guys have had to re-navigate through this difficult time and how you've come out ahead. So keep that in mind and we'll be right back. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Here at Cars Yeah, it's all about inspiration. And our charity of choice is TechForce Foundation, where it's all about making a positive difference in young people's lives. TechForce helps young adults discover their talents and passions for all things automotive with a mission of helping students develop a career as a professional technician. TechForce awards nearly $2 million in scholarships every year for students to pursue technical education and they support hands-on activities, events, and mentorships across the country, working to change the outdated perceptions of these careers. Autotechs are in high demand, but the supply of qualified technicians is critically short. They need your help to fuel their mission. Learn more and join me in supporting them at techforce.org. You know, the pandemic uh, caught a lot of people off guard. Obviously, nobody could have dreamed this was coming. But the great thing is that everybody that is in business that is smart is very pliable and they recognize things quickly and they do something about it. And you folks at Bonhams saw that. You made some adjustments, modifications, and just kept on going. So tell us a little bit about the challenges that created for you, how you had to change your path and how you've come out on the other end. Although we're still kind of dealing with this mess. Hopefully it'll go away sooner than later. Definitely. I mean, we, we started selling cars on our online platform, which we had developed. And, you know, we had we had sort of sold cars to online bidders for the last decade. So it wasn't that new to us. But I think the main challenge or what we really improved on was to make a buyer who's sitting, you know, in a whole different country, thousands and thousands of miles away, Confident with what he or she was bidding on. So yeah, there you go. our condition reports, our condition reports, our history, history files and all of that. We, we made digital, of course, where, you know, traditionally people can walk up to our history file desk and look through the old files and things that we all took and made digital, of course. And the inspections, we did the condition reports well in advance. So people really had time to look through those and all of that. But we, of course, also welcomed Specialist. We always want to have the cars with bottoms. We always want to have the cars in our possession so we can really make sure the transaction is smooth from start to finish. We want to have a title. We want to have all of that so there's no hiccups. And by doing that, we were, of course, able to invite buyers 
with social distancing measures in place or their mechanics or specialists to go and inspect the cars before bidding on them. And um, that's how we um, how we got through it. Yeah, we were able to sell cars during the pandemic. And, and again, as we talked about, it, it wasn't like the demand for our cars moved backwards. No, it actually uh, moved forward and people had more time to, to look at I sort of sit and think about what they what they want, you know. And, right. and there was I remember clearly right in the first couple of months of the pandemic, we certainly got some calls from people saying, "Where are the COVID deals? I want to get some." The you COVID know, deals. Know when somebody Jeez. somebody wants to um, unload their collection because the sky's falling. Right. You know that never happened. I, I was never really able to call those guys back with us with a COVID deal. So well, good. Go. I think that's probably a good thing. You know, it sounds like taking advantage of a bad situation. Uh, but we're seeing that a little bit with uh, large auctions uh, or collections, I should say, of people who have aged out or passed away and the family wants to let the cars go. That's a pretty common generational thing. Maybe the kids or spouse isn't into the cars like the, the gentleman was or vice versa. So uh, yeah, we're just seeing a lot more of that, but that's just the nature of time. If you had to pick one this this could be difficult, Jacob. Maybe not for you. If you had to pick one car you guys are bringing to auction at Quail this year, that's really special just to you personally. It doesn't have to be the most expensive, the most special to the world. It's what is special to Jacob. Which car would that be? Uh, well, it's tough. And I hope <laughs> I can, I will do what you just told me not to do, but I will mention two okay. because we are selling, one is a P1800, which we're selling for the original owner. He bought it brand new in 1972. And, you know, to be entrusted with somebody's car that they've owned all these years, it's very special. The other car was also bought brand new. I touched on this earlier. It's a 73 Porsche 911 Carrera RS 2.7, one of the most iconic Porsches ever made, which we're selling for a very good friend and client who bought it brand new. So that is... uh, that's exciting. You know, you just think about, wow, you're honored to have been chosen. Um, and trust me, it's, it's competitive among the auction houses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To have been chosen to sell this car for somebody who owned it for their whole 50 life. some odd years. Yeah. And exactly. Exactly. Yeah, very per- You know, I think it's pretty cool, Jacob, that you picked those two cars for that reason. Uh, it's a bit humbling, I think, when somebody makes that final decision, says, I'm going to, as you said, entrust this vehicle that I've, I've cared for and loved all this time. I bought it new. Uh, and, and of course, the P8, the 1800, very unique car. Uh, you just don't see many of them around anymore because they mostly rusted away if they were just drivers. Uh, of course, you see a lot of the 2.7 Carreras around. But the, I always had a special place in my heart for those cars, just something about them. They made a whole lot more P eighteen hundreds than two seven RS. No kidding, for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah. well, in, in the you know where we travel, Mark, you know, of course, we see more two seven. We see you see a two seven RS, and they they made about fifteen hundred of them, as yeah. we talked about. But yeah, to be entrusted with with a car that somebody bought brand new that is that is very special. Yeah. Um, the P eighteen hundred is uh, one of the ES versions, the sport wagons in cypress green with its original interior and paint and everything. Wow. And it's, uh, it's pretty special. You know, I'm from Scandinavia, so uh, it's kind of cool to, to sell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one of oh, yeah. Old, uh, yeah. Get back to your roots. <laughs> that's it. I love it. Now I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here, Jacob. I become your psychologist, psychiatrist today. If you were manifest as a vehicle, what would Jacob Greason be? But more importantly, why? 
I remember you asked me this question about five years ago, and you know it hasn't changed much. I would I would still be a 300s Maserati, sort of the perfect blend of a sports racing car, car you can drive to the grocery store if you're crazy enough, and uh, <laughs> I would do it. <laughs> of course, you would. Yeah. So something sort of the sweet spot for cars is, um, you know, the late 50s, right before race cars became race cars and road cars became road cars you know yeah. sort of that's when you had a, a, a road car that you would also race because they really made some amazing cars and the, the styling everything in those years was just great i've been fortunate enough to run the mille Miglia a couple of times and one time was in a 200s maserati another time a 300s or going i mean that that's really when they made very special cars that you could also race Mm. I ran this question by Caroline last night, my girlfriend, and she said, you should be an AC Cobra because you're kind of a hybrid because you grew up in Europe and now you live in America. So um, <laughs> may- maybe I'm, a, I'm an AC Cobra. We actually have one of, the, um, one of the real AC Cobras. I'm not sure how many know that you, know, you had a Shelby Cobra and you had an AC Cobra. The Shelby Cobras were, of course, made down in Venice at, at Shelby's plant. You know, he mm-hmm. would get the body and the chassis flown over from AC and he would put in the engine. They made, a, they made a very small batch of cars for Europe and the UK as well, which they called AC Cobras because they actually, that the body and chassis remained with AC and Shelby would send the engine to them and they would fit it. So these were some sold to Germany, some sold to, one or two sold to Sweden. This very car we're selling sold to Canada. And um, it's a factory left-hand drive. It's actually the rarest version of of the Shelby Cobra, AC Cobra. Wow! You know they're small blocks, sort of the the traditional slab-sided design. You know, which per, for me personally is is sort of the most pure. It's like an early E-type. The, the first cars on early 911. The first cars are normally the the purest design. We also have a couple of the 427 cars in the in the auction with third. Amazing cars, of course, but I I really like the early two eight nines. You know, I that do was, too. Um, I do too. A little yep. simpler, yeah, elegant. Well, it's as elegant as a Cobra could be. <laughs> so, and plenty fast. And plenty I'll fast. But I love uh, I love Caroline's uh, comment there. And you listeners, if you missed my talk with Caroline, she's been a guest here on Cars. Yeah, you can go back and find her on the Cars yeah website. But you know, I kind of like the three hundred S. Yeah, I'm just I'm kind of leaning that way. I love the. 50s European sports cars, that would be pretty cool too. So, But I get it. I get it. How about a book? Is there a great book that you've read since we last spoke that you think our listeners would enjoy? I read from front to back Peter Larson's different books. Peter Larson is, um, it's funny, we, we, we are both from Denmark. We grew up about 200 meters from each other. Uh, what? He's done some ama- yeah, we've done some, he's done some amazing books. They're, they're these, uh, you know, they, they, it's not a book you travel with, you ship it. I mean, it, uh, it's yeah, a, they're massive. They are. And I've been reading a lot lately in his Talbo Lago Grand Sport book because we have a, um, Fugonian Falashi body Talbo. So yeah. I've been reading to that. His books are just absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, you can't do something like that on the internet. No, I, you just can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The way, yeah. uh, Peter's been a guest twice here on the show, and he just came back just recently to launch his newest book. And so uh, I'll make sure I put a link to that on Jacob's show notes page. Yeah, if, these are books that you put on your shelf and have forever. I mean, they're just so in-depth and, and 
incredible, incredible uh, history and research. I mean, it's just amazing. Takes a long time. And just the way they're even printed, the covers, the applique, I mean, just just marvelous. So I'm glad you mentioned Peter. Yeah. But I had no idea you guys grew up down the street from each other. That's That's amazing. Yeah, we did. Wow, that's incredible. Very cool. Well, we're going to go on the ultimate drive here. I have a magic scepter, which enables me to allow you to pick any car in the world, to be riding with anyone in the world, living or deceased, and riding, driving anywhere you want in the world. So this is a bit of a fantasy drive. What does it look like for you? Okay, so we, we can finish where we started. <laughs> uh, you know, that would, be, um, that would be with Elvis. With Elvis, with Elvis, I love this. <laughs> right? Yeah. He had a he got a five oh seven right when he came out of the army, and I believe it's owned by it was in it was in California for many years many years with a, with a with a collector, and then it sold to BMW, I believe, who who restored it and brought it back. I actually saw it at Goodwood a couple of years ago. It's white. So yeah, I would drive down the road with Elvis in a five oh seven, one of the most beautiful cars, and. Um, I don't know what we would talk about. I would, I would just want to want to learn everything about him. <laughs> <laughs> that car, I saw that car on the lawn at Pebble. Yeah, one of the yeah. things that people used to say is the girls would go up to that car and kiss it and leave a lipstick mark and on the lawn at Pebble. Really? Some, somebody had done that. Yeah, I don't know if they did wow. that before they brought the car in or if it was somebody's idea of having some fun. But um, <laughs> yeah, I watched. Uh, I think it was a video on the restoration of that vehicle. Somebody it had gone gone through a hand had been painted red i think and they brought it back yeah. to its original color which at first i thought white for one of those but when i saw it it works yeah it works beautiful car it looks good in in white it's got to have the right sort of a little bit creamy not a refrigerator white but they act, right. they look really good especially with rush wheels that are painted white yeah Same with a 300 sl yeah 300 sl going in white with um with white painted rush wheels looks really good. And that was, you know, Germany's racing color was white for many years mm-hmm. before it became silver. That's a very good color in those. Lovely, lovely. I love it. That is a unique answer to that question. I don't think anyone has chosen Elvis in his 507. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of surprised now that I think about it, but very cool. Well, you've taken us on a fun ride. I know this is a super busy time for you getting ready for uh, another wonderful week down there at Car Week, Monterey, and the Quail, Pebble Beach, all of the wonderful events. Uh, no doubt you guys will have a very robust time. You listeners, uh, you can go to the Bonhams website. I'll put links to it. They're easy to find if you want to see the car. You know, every year I go down there, I walk through your auction, and I think I need to run over and buy a lottery ticket. Wouldn't that be a dream come true? Win the lottery during car week, right before the bottoms auction. That would be kind of fun. I could pick anything I want or maybe all of them. So, uh, yeah. Hasn't happened, though. Why, why does it ever happen? Oh, well. It's nice to dream. Would you leave us with a little parting piece of wisdom, advice, a success quote, perhaps? Sure. I believe the auction business is really about service service above everything. You know, we, we offer service to our buyers and sellers. That's something that, that we will never forget. You know, we, we really want to take care of people in the right way. Um, we're a specialist that knows these cars and the service we offer is, is really the ultimate um, the ultimate product we have, in my opinion. You know, listeners, these guys do it right. So if you're fortunate enough to be down at Car Week, get over to the Quail uh, and walk through the bottoms display uh go to the auction even if you're not buying it's so exciting and fun to be there and and watch the excitement feel the excitement and the people at bottoms will take very good 
care of you for sure. Jacob, I'll let you get back to your real job. I want to thank you for spending some time with me today. I wish you guys the best success at Quail. No doubt it will be a successful auction again, as all the Bonhams auctions are. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Quail and the Bonhams auction during Car Week. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events, where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.